This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today we have a special guest in studio as we have a really important topic to cover. And Douglas Markwell joins us today. He's with the Archdiocese of Portland. Part of our marketing and communications team is the director there and a little bit of IT. Douglas, great to have you joining us today. And Archbishop, we have, um, I think, sad but hopeful news. Mm -hmm. What I was thinking about when we're going to talk today about our good friends in Salem at St. Joseph Catholic Church is that we are more, the church is more than a building. We're a family. We're a home. Our church is part of our home and our family. So we're going to talk a little bit about the current uh, devastation with the fire just a little bit ago, but also the hopefulness we have of our Catholic community. Would you help us begin in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we give you praise and thanks for all your wondrous gifts. We thank you for the gift of our faith. We thank you for the gift of the community of the faith, which is our church, and for the family that you have called together to be one in your Son, Jesus. We thank you for the wonderful gift of this parish family of St. Joseph and we ask you to be with them during their, their time of struggle and, and challenge and difficulty as they carry this cross, but help them to know the love and the support of all of their brothers and sisters in Christ as we lift them up before you. All this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, as we are recording this, it was just a week ago that Father Jeff Mewson, the pastor at St. Joseph Catholic Church, I think about three o'clock in the morning, was awakened to hear that the church was on fire at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Salem. And we've been already able to see the news within several hours. Archbishop, you were on your way to Salem. Can you recall a little bit and give us maybe a sense of what happened? Yeah, you know, I'd, I have to, I'd have to tell you because you know, I, I'm I'm an early riser. I'm up very early, and when I'm making my coffee and and putting my breakfast together, I usually turn the local news on just to see what's you know going on. And I and and there was a story about some fire in Salem, and it was kind of just in the background on the TV and everything else. Of course, you know, there's a lot of news stories sometimes on the morning news about a fire. And it was in Salem, and, and I heard something about it being a church, and and I thought, well, certainly if it was, you know, my thought actually initially went to St. Joseph's. I thought, well, no, if St. Joseph's Church was burning, somebody would have called me by now, and I'd know about it. And of course, they'd be saying on TV what church it was. So I figured it was, you know, some other church somewhere, and, and I, I honestly, honestly didn't pay a whole lot of a, more attention to it. And then as I was finishing up some of my prayers, the phone rang, and I looked down at my my phone and my caller ID showed that it was, it was Father Jeff Mewson, the pastor, uh, calling me, and my heart just immediately sank because I realized at that moment mm-hmm. that why 
he was calling me and that, my gosh, this church that was burning was ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I I, I spoke uh, for a few moments with with Father Musin and um, and initially I, I you know I just I was kind of in shock to be honest. Right. I was trying to process what was going on and of course uh, the news that he was relaying to me at the time sounded like it was even more devastating than than it, it ultimately turned out to be in terms of the physical structure of the building. And so after I hung up with him, you know, I, I was kind of thinking, well, I need to go down there. And I, I don't know. I was initially thinking, well, I'll go. You know, this is Thursday. I'll go down on the weekend and you know and be with the people. But then, as I as I reflected for a moment, I thought, no, I need to get down there now. Um, you know, these are some of my people. Uh, my priest is on the front lines right now, dealing with something that he had never expected to deal with. Only two months as the pastor there, yeah. I need to get down there now. I need to be with the people now. I need to to be with this priest now. Um, and I, he already had told me that they were planning to go ahead with a, a noon mass and that they were probably going to set it up in the parking lot. And I immediately was thinking, yeah, I, I'd love mm-hmm. to be able to celebrate that that mass with the people. So I, I, I after I got finished uh, getting dressed and, and, and that, I just hopped in the car and, and got down there. And, and thankfully, uh, Douglas here uh, and Ryan Lovett, also from our office, were, were also uh, playing, uh, coming onto the scene around the same time. So right. it was, yeah, it was, a, it's very surreal now. Mm-hmm. Douglas, as I'm sitting here uh, talking about it again, it, the whole experience just seems very surreal right now and, and kind of almost unreal. Yeah. And I think with social media, we got that information so quickly because I heard at seven o'clock something mentioned and all of a sudden there's news reports, there's the the images. And I think the image that sticks in my mind is the tabernacle, mm. the, the altar, the beautiful uh, image of the sleeping Joseph, you know, that's there, that mural and uh, and to see it devastated with smoke and fire of course the water damage mm. douglas give us a little sense of you know boots on the ground coming <laughs> in this uh, what did you experience it was it was kind of the same for me i was uh, getting ready in the morning and my phone just blew up and i uh, as i get ready i'm thinking about my day right and what i'm going to do and i have all these plans <laughs> and everything just went right out the window and i just got in the car i didn't have any I don't know, gear, stuff that I thought I might need. I just got in the car and started driving. And anyway, I got there and it was, uh, I mean, it was just, it was just pain. It was Mm. sad and pain. I saw people milling around. It was still pretty early. And the archbishop, I think, showed me right when I got there, some of the, some of the devastation. And it was really profound. And that was, so that was my first impression. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was a, Profound sadness. Yeah, I remember, you know, after we chatted a little bit with Father Jeff Musin and, and Father Matthew Knight, the, the parochial mm-hmm. vicar there, who's also brand new, you know, we walked around the church to try to survey the damage. And I, I can still remember walking past the sacristy door that opens out onto the street. And, and I've walked through that door so many times, coming out that door from the sacristy to go down the sidewalk and line up in the back of the church to come in for a procession. As I glanced in, the door to the sacristy was open, and then the passageway into the sanctuary of the church you could see. And there was just a pile of smoldering debris mm-hmm. in the middle of the sanctuary. And watching that smoke rising from the debris and, and, and the smell, of course, of, of the fire, I would resonate with what Douglas said, just profound sadness, you know, at, at this very special place that, you know, I have celebrated Mass in so many times 
it was it, it, sadness was was, yeah. was was the initial sort of experience I think of being there. Right, right. We're reflecting on this um, tragedy really at St. Joseph Catholic Church on August 31st, and I think about when one of the parts of the body is injured, all of us are injured. We all, not only the Catholic community, but what I saw was just the entire Salem Kaiser mm. community came together. People were what bringing tents and things. This was the one day we had that little bit of rain. <laughs> And maybe those were showers from heaven. But as you got to that noon hour, and what is the most important thing we can do? The sacrifice of the Mass and come together and bring Jesus to the people. What was the mood like as people came together? You know, for me, I was deeply, deeply moved. Actually, I I was surprised by the emotion, quite honestly, that came over me. And, you know, there was the emotion of seeing the, the devastation to the church building itself. But then as Mass began, and as I looked out into this crowd of people, and it was a huge crowd. I, I don't know what the estimate was. Over, over 300. T- under these wonderful uh, you know, tent structures. That, and maybe, Douglas, you can, you can tell that story about the folks that just stepped right up to, to set those up at, underneath the, the tent canopies that had been placed. But people under umbrellas. I was deeply moved by their faith. And by their love for their community. And, and they came together. And I thought, man, these people are here to celebrate Mass. These people are not going to let a tragedy like this to their church building dampen, no, no pun intended, with the rain, dampen their spirit mm-hmm. of hope, of faith, of love and concern for one another. They immediately, it was like, it was, to me, what was so striking and was so uh, moving for me was their immediate, it's like, okay, what is our first response? Our immediate response is, we aren't going to let this stop us from practicing our faith. We're going to come together. We're going to do the most important thing we do. We're going to celebrate the Eucharist in this parking lot with the smell of, of the fire in the air. Uh, in this rain, on our knees, some of these people were on their knees in the rain, in the puddles, yep. uh, to to express their faith in Christ, and and that this was not going to stop them, but they that they they were going to be you know moving forward with hope, yeah. and and that was part of you know that was what I was trying to in, instill in them was to have hope, and I my message was kind of we're, we're kind of living the Paschal mystery here, mm-hmm. the dying and the rising. This is a cross. This is a suffering. This is a death in a certain sense. But mm-hmm. from this will come the resurrection, will come new life, will come bringing this community together. And, and you're going to be stronger through this. You know, and as, as someone said, the building can be damaged and heavily destroyed. But the body of Christ, the church itself, lives and, and is, it is not harmed. Right, mm. right. And that witness, I think, because as people know, St. Joseph's Catholic Church, you see the Capitol right there. I think about all of the March for Life and and the gatherings that we have right there in the center of the City of Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you feeling at that Mass, at those those hours in the middle of the day, Douglas, yeah. of just being part of that community? For me, prior to the Mass even, I talked about the pain I saw on people's faces. And one of the things that I saw was the consolation of I was following the archbishop around <laughs> most most of the day I guess and I saw I saw people grieving and he he goes up and offers just a hug or a little prayer or whatever I don't even know what you were saying to these people but <laughs> they were consoled I could see it in their faces and it was very beautiful and then like he was saying the at the mass I what I saw was power there was so much power 
300 people came out of nowhere with zero notice to stand in the rain in a parking lot to be the church, right? The building was damaged and the church was thriving, right? That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. How powerful. And I think that's the witness. If we're talking about a Eucharistic revival, this is people responding to Jesus's Absolutely. love in community. You know, it struck me, too, because I went back. Uh, I, I fulfilled my original plan was when I, when I first got off the phone. <laughs> and before I realized I, I just needed to get down there right now, I did come back on the weekend and celebrated Mass on Sunday. With, at least the parking lot was dry by then. But also, the fire marshal would not allow them to set up chairs in the parking lot because if something else happened and there was a panic and people mm. were, had to move quickly, the chairs would be, you know, a danger, et cetera. So they had the people standing. So I thought, these people now have come come here, and not only are they celebrating Mass in the parking lot, but they're going to stand through this whole Mass. I, I kind of joked. I said, well, this kind of puts the pressure on not to preach too long, I guess, today. <laughs> if they have to stand through all of this. Some folks brought folding chairs, thankfully, but some of them, especially the elderly. But the moment in the Mass that struck me the most was when we were singing the Gloria. Here are these people who have just temporarily lost their 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 home, if you will, their house of worship gathered here to celebrate the sacred mysteries. And these people with full voice, full throat, are singing glory to God Mm -hmm. in the highest. Mm -hmm. They're still praising God in in the midst of this tragedy. I was, was, again, I was very touched by that as well. I mean, that just reminds me of St. Paul's words, you know, in all things, we praise the Lord. Yes, in the cancer, yes, in the fire, yes, in the devastation, Mm -hmm. but we always praise the Lord. That's a witness to our faith. And you mentioned, Archbishop, faith, hope, and love. And maybe just look at those three tenets, faith, hope, and love, how this is coming through on what people on the outside looking in would say, this is devastation. We can be bitter or we can be better from something like this. Start with the love. I saw the love of, of brothers and sisters in Christ for one another. Uh, it was love that brought them together because they really, they really do love and care about each other. But it was also love from outside the parish community. That was amazing, too. There were non-Catholics coming to show their love and their support. There were uh, people from other parishes. When I was there on Sunday, I ran into some folks from St. Edward's Parish in Kaiser who came to Mass there in the parking lot on Sunday at St. Joe's because they just wanted to be there to, to show their support. So the love was evident. The faith, I mean, that, that speaks for itself. These people are not going to let the fact that their church is not usable right now keep them from the practice of the most important thing, the Most Holy Eucharist. And their hope, too. I think, you know, there's, yes, there was sadness in the faces, as Douglas pointed out. I mean, there were a lot of tears, especially, especially on the Thursday uh, morning Mass. There were a lot of tears. But also when I, when I would speak to them about resurrection and new life and the hope, you could see smiles. You could see uh, hope begin to come into their eyes. I think, there was even, I think there was even some applause, you know, and they weren't applauding me. I think they were really kind of applauding the Lord and their faith and their own community. Yeah, yes, we're going to get through this and we're going to rebuild and it's going to be all right. Douglas, I want, I want you to talk about this family that... Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk, talk about community. So another thing I saw, there was a young man, I don't know who it was, but he was there all day. I got there pretty early, and we had a mass scheduled for noon. And 
things just started happening. Like, I don't know that anybody was orchestrating all this, but <laughs> no. there was um, one man, maybe an employee of the parish. I don't know who he was. I don't. He was walking around in the rain, no hat, no coat. Um, he was soaked by maybe 10 a.m. And he just kept going all day, not a word of complaint. I, and it was a real blessing to me. There was a family that apparently heard somehow that mass was going to be in the parking lot at noon in the rain. And all morning, um, huge tents just started appearing, like magically appearing in the parking lot. And it was just one family. I don't know why they have so many tents, but they did. <laughs> and they just came. The whole family came and was setting up tents. I got to talk to them a little bit. Yeah. Nicest people in the world. And, and they were just at the service of the community, of the parish. It was something they could do. They had a big trailer. It was full of gear. It was really great. It was really neat. When I was praising before his people the the care and the love that Father Jeff Musen was showing, you know, to his people now, you know, they, this is his new family. You know, he just literally he's there two months and this is happening. And so he's just really trying to get to know the community. The interesting thing is the afternoon before this, we had a meeting up here in Portland. I met with Father Musen for uh, almost an hour after our, the meeting we had up here with a big group of priests. And he was just filling me in on all the stuff going on at St. Joseph's and how he's settling in and what he loves about the place and what some of his challenges are and how he's just trying to get to know the people and everything else. And we just had a great debriefing on how things were going so far. And then <laughs> this happens. It was just unreal. But I was praising him. And I, I want to, on the radio right now, uh, just give great uh, appreciation and kudos to him for stepping up. And he just kind of unflappable. He just kind of, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. he just did what he needed to do. And I'm sure he's very tired now and, and needs some rest, but he, he stepped up like a good shepherd, like a good spiritual father to his, to his community does. Then as soon, as soon as I praise him, he turns around and he gives the praise also to his staff who rallied around him and, and came, st stepped up also, you know, to, to just take care of what needed to be taken care of. And everybody did their part. Mm -hmm. And I, I would agree, Douglas, I, 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 didn't, I didn't see any intense coordination. Yeah. It was just like people kind of knew what to do and, and they just started getting things ready, yeah. you know, for mass. And, and by the time mass came, everything was in place. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was all ready. And I do want to mention for our listeners to definitely go to the Archdiocese website, archd pdx.org. There's a fire relief fund being managed, I believe, right here through the Archdiocese of Portland. So people financially want to be able to help. We know it's going to take months and months, if not longer than that, for the rebuilding. Who knows how much extensive damage? We don't know all of the assessment, but I know that link is available on your website, That's Douglas. Right. Yes. So it's a great way. Number one, prayers those who live in the local area, however you can help. And I think it's just this natural thing. Archbishop, you mentioned that there wasn't orchestrated. Well, God orchestrated, I think, with the love that he plants in us. We see a need and we respond. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that also, and we, we had talked about this uh, also after the event. Sadly, of course, we know that it's arson and, you know, that the fire was deliberately set. You know, they have a, a man in custody who, as we tape this, uh, I believe was just arraigned yesterday. And, I mean, it's, it's sad that it's arson that somebody would deliberately do something like this. I'm, I'm somewhat relieved it doesn't appear to be any kind of a, a motivated, uh, you know, attack against the church per se, you know, uh, it's sort of a protest against the, the, the church. But one of the things that in, inspired me, too, is uh, and both times, when I was down there on Thursday, the day of the event, and when I was there on Sunday, 
there was no buzz in the community as I was talking to the people about anger towards this individual and condemning this individual or, you know, saying things like, well, I hope, you know, they get what they deserve. No, you know, talk back to love. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, I, what I've seen uh, is is the the witness of Christian love, and they're praying for, for this individual. Obviously, this is a very disturbed in, individual on some level, and and I didn't hear anything, but you know, we got to pray for this person. It, it kind of reminded me of you know after uh, Saint John Paul II, you know, was uh, almost assassinated, you know, and he went and he was able to forgive the person who who attacked him. The people weren't actually exactly doing that, but there were there was there was just yeah, there was no rancor or any 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 evil intent or 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 hatred or anything like that being expressed. Just prayers for the person. Right. Yeah, it, was, it was it was it was inspiring. Yeah, yeah. the forgiveness was unbelievable. It was astonishing forgiveness. Mm. The mm. ability to like right there, it's still burning, and people were like, "We're praying for mm-hmm. the guy. He's you know he's in custody. We don't we didn't know at that point whether it was arson or whether it wasn't something yeah. he intended to do or whatever. But even then, it was just. Yeah. The poor guy. He's in our prayers. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was really cool. Yeah. Really beautiful. And I think just a lesson for us that we can take away is crisis is going to happen. I mean, these things, unfortunately, but this is part of our life is we, we, we have the difficulties. We have those crosses that we bear. But when we bear them together, isn't it much better oh, so much than easier. on your own? If, if Father Jeff Musin didn't have a family a church family, a shepherd like you, Archbishop, to say, we're here. We're here with you. People in the in the community, That's that brings me a lot of hope that mm-hmm. we come together in times of crisis. Yeah, and Father, Father uh, Jeff Musin, you know, was, was, I was, you know, we were there with him all, all that morning. His phone was blowing up. <laughs> I bet it was. You know, uh, oh. people texting him, friends calling him. It was funny because at one point, uh, Bishop Liam Carey, uh, who was the Bishop of Baker, uh, had heard about the fire, and he called me, and I'm standing here next to, to Father Musin talking to, to Bishop Carey from Baker. Of course, you know, I think we all re- re- know that Bishop Carey is, a, is a, originally a priest of the Archdiocese of Portland, uh, so he'd be very concerned. He knows a lot of people in the, in the parish. So I had to finish my conversation with Bishop Carey, and I said, well, you know, I'll pass on your... Your kind words to Father Jeff Musin, you know, uh, uh, you know, and because they had served together actually at one point early on in Father Musin's priesthood, so I hung up with Father Carey. The next thing I know, Father Musin's phone is blowing up again, ringing, and it's Bishop Carey calling now <laughs> Father Musin, and I realized, oh, okay, guess so I guess I don't need to pass on the message, you know. So I, I guess what I'm saying is there was a lot of of yeah. outreach to the parish through the person who represents the parish, the pastor, from Father Musin's brother priests, from mm-hmm. obviously other bishops, from family, friends. It, it, was, it was really beautiful to see. And, yeah. you know, one of the things for me is, 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 you know, as I look back at the pictures now, too, and some of the better pictures of the damage that I've seen, it's amazing to me when I look at that sanctuary. This fire was raging. I've seen the video of the fire raging and destroying the roof over the, over the sanctuary, over the high altar. The tabernacle is intact. The veil, mm-hmm. the tabernacle veil is not burned. It's not scorched. The candles on the high altar are not melted. And the mural, the beautiful fresco, which Father Molinari, who mm-hmm. you know helped oversee that project, insisted that it not be oil-based, you know, that it be a true fresco, so it's part of the wall, you know, probably helped preserve it and maybe even 
prevented further damage in fire because if that oil had started to burn, that could have been a different thing. But I mean, I, there's something miraculous yeah. about that. Yeah. You know, when you're looking at the tabernacle still intact, <laughs> Jesus is still there and intact and safe. Uh, it was yeah. very. I think that's very comforting for the yeah. people. Well, I think that's very encouraging. Let's continue to keep St. Joseph's Catholic Church and all of the church in Western Oregon in prayer as we move forward. As far as we know, Mass is still in the parking lot, or maybe they'll find some other locations, but we will not cease gathering together as a people. Yeah, they ho- I think they hope to be able to gather at some point in the gym yeah. you know, for Mass, but you know, there's still a lot of damage and, and right. assessment of things that need to be done. But one thing I want to say is I'm so grateful for everybody who just stepped up in addition to all those we've talked about, the fire department, I mean, oh, yeah. this was either a four or five alarm fire. Mm-hmm. They came mm-hmm. for the folks that were responsible for the cleanup uh, afterwards were right there. They were pulling people even off of other jobs to get them there to work on this. And I'm so grateful that the church looks like it's, you know, not destroyed as some of the early reporting was that, oh, my gosh, you know, this 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 church could be a loss. No, no, it looks like it's completely rebuildable, repairable. And, and I just want to say that, you know, they will rebuild, mm-hmm. and we will be there to support them. Mm-hmm. We'll walk with them every step of the way, and we're going to help those good people at St. Joseph Parish rebuild their parish church. And I look forward to the day when I can go back and, yeah. and celebrate with them the, the, the rededication of their or the restored and, and beautified church. Absolutely. St. Joseph, pray for Amen. us. <laughs> pray for us. Well, with that, would you please help us yes. close with your blessing? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, and your loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. 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 And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. We invite you to tune in again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.